Hello, listening people. Hello. Yes, it is Spit and Polish here. I'm Ryan. And I'm Bartek. Yes, and believe it or not, I'm back. He's back. I'm alive. I managed to escape all the torments that happened. So you're asking yourself, Ryan, what did happen since last we heard? Well, I do believe I got trapped in some kind of mathematical calculated thing. But since then, you're wondering, Ryan, how did you escape? Well... I just tied up my bootstraps real hard and I just said to myself, Ryan, 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 you've got to come back. You've got to come back on Spit and Polish. Be the spit to the polish and the polish to the spit because, you know, we can't just have Luke dominating my position anymore. My main reason for coming back is pure contempt for Luke. Uh, I can't (laughs) let him be in charge of my position. I mean, you know, I just can't allow that. And a voice from the distance, some might call him God, others call him Yahweh, others call him Jehovah, said, Ryan, you need to come back for this movie in particular. And Bartek, what is this movie? The movie we are watching today is... Empire Records. <laughs> There's no... I forgot to look up the Polish name. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I do believe I speak Polish. Uh, this oh, episode yeah. is Bizarro World. And it's, it is... Uh, the movie we are watching today is Empire Records. Oh, I speak Polish, so I understand completely. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, what do we do here on Spit and Polish, Bartek? Uh, on Spit and Polish, we watched the unappreciated masterpieces, the masterpiece films that have been left behind by history, and we try to promote them back into the mainstream, or, well, not even back, just into the mainstream in general, so that people can appreciate them. Yes, some might call us heroes, others may call us villains, but I like to think that we're an in-between. We are just simple men from a simple background, And we watch the simple films. Mm -hmm. And we make sure to illustrate to those... Oh, that's just... uh, That's just how good the films are. They make my water bottle fall off the table. Oh, and it dropped on our guest and killed them. Oh, yes. Oh, no, our guest is dead. Uh, Who was our guest this week? The mighty Judas Iscariot himself. The betrayer, some might say. He was going to tell us his conflict of, you know, he had to do it and Mm. everyone blames him for it, but he had to do it. I mean, what would happen if he didn't do it? Then nothing would happen. Yes, of course. Of course we joke. We had had a guest in mind, but just like Judas, they betrayed us for silver pieces. Um, we (laughs) We have no guest. This is the third time just like Jesus, in which they've betrayed us. And, um, you know, who who knows if they'll ever come on. I'm not going to name names or anything, but they know who they are. And they know that we know who they are. And look, I'm not saying that it was a famous Australian actor who stars in this movie. I'm not saying that we we had Anthony LaPaglia on the show set mm. up and he betrayed us. But look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, uh, that's just not the truth at all, is it, Bartek? No, it's not. It's not the truth. Don't believe us at all. So we are going to do Empire Records, the masterpiece of film and cinema and the world of it. Now, Empire Records is a a 90s film. We are delving back into 1995, I do believe this movie came out. Mm -hmm. In the middle point between Surf Ninjas and I'll Be Home for Christmas. Yes, and, and, and this movie does star a few stars in it, like it has, of course... The biggest star, arguably, would be Renee Zellweger, I would say. She's the one that's transcended 
beyond this. And then I would say Anthony LaPaglia would be the second. Uh, he's a he's an Australian actor, and I'm very proud to see him in this movie with his not Australian accent, but Australian accent. Well, I'll get into that. Mm. But this is Empire Records. Now, before we begin, Bartek, what's your relationship with this movie? Had you had watched it before? At the end of one episode we did couple of months ago you mentioned it to me how it it's a movie that looks like it's a parody of 90s movies like mm-hmm. uh, we got the front cover in front of us right here it's a white background and a bunch of people standing there and one in of the characters yeah and one of the characters who in the film her name is Corey, is standing in front of them like kind of hey, get back i'm at the front like like i'm the leader and the she, yeah and she's got a bit of a navel going on so so your relationship to this movie though like the, yeah, is that, this your first time having to had watched it for this program or had you yeah. already seen it before yeah well that that was my discovery of it and then um i did watch the movie soon after mm-hmm. um you told me about it and um the main reason why you watched it soon after i told you about it was oh why did i watch it (laughs) weeks ago instead of you know a few days ago yeah um well because and sorry our guest who we're gonna have on for this movie cancelled yeah they were like oh i want to watch let's do this movie i'm like yeah we'll, we'll do that movie so bartek had already watched it once and since i'm a good samaritan a hero And since I'd been gone off this show for several episodes, three, um, since I'd been gone, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to watch this movie again. I had already watched it a few weeks ago in preparation for doing it as an episode, but I said, no, no, it's been too long since I've delved into Empire Records, so I delved deep back into the beast, and we are going to delve into this beast right now, aren't we, Bartek? Mm -hmm. So... Fasten your seatbelts, because we're going to go on one hell of a ride in three, two, one, play. Oh, no, 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 no. no. That was a false countdown, everyone, because I did not... (laughs) I am the Judas, I'm the Anthony Lepagli, the cat's daughter, um, no. You are with us. Okay, three, two, one, play. Here we go. Now, Bartek, Mm -hmm. um, this movie has an amazing soundtrack, would you not agree? I do agree. Now, I... Saw this movie many years ago with my girlfriend. And my story behind this movie is a simple one. I'd never heard of it before. I knew some of the actors in it, of course. I knew Anthony LaPaglia. And I heard this intro song. Now, this intro song is The Honeymoon Is Over by the band The Cruel Sea, who is an Australian band from the 90s. And uh, their lead singer is the uh, Australian rock musician Tex Perkins, who is very influential in Australian rock if you know your stuff. And I've never heard The Cruel Sea used in film soundtracks before. I'm a big fan. I, I own all of their albums on CD. And I am a big, big fan. And, the, and if I can recommend... The album The Honeymoon Is Over, which this song is from, is an amazing album. You should listen to it. it this stuff's just really great. So, me hearing that song, that band in a big Hollywood movie, I was just wrapped. I was absolutely head over heels. But my story with this movie is a dark one. I had never seen it. And my girlfriend was like, oh, let's... This is early days of our relationship, so I didn't really know her movie taste, so this was like a delve into. And she was like, yeah, let's watch this. It's going to be really up your alley. And I'm like, okay. And I watched this movie, and I enjoyed it. But here's the reason why it's a dark story. I enjoyed it for all the wrong reasons, Bartek. What? I enjoyed it for all the wrong reasons. Bartek briefly mentioned before 
about a parody. I thought that this movie... I thought that this movie was a movie made in, like, the 2000s. Mm. And it was a parody or really, really smart satire on the 90s movies that were like these, like these kind of Generation X-y kind of angst comedies, also farce comedies, because this is a farce. And I thought that this was a wicked satire on that. I thought, like, oh, this movie was, like, what, 2002? Making fun of the 90s? <laughs> I was having a real ball. Like, I was in, I was laughing so hard. And then the realisation came in. I found out it was not from 2002. I found it was, it was from the 90s, and it was not a satire. That it was a genuine 90s angst Gen X farce comedy, and that just made it better. That just made it better, didn't it? I mean, what can you say? Like, I, 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 I warned Biotech before that, hey, Biotech, this is not a 2002 satire of a 1995 comedy film. This is a 1995 comedy film, so Bartek didn't even get to enjoy the surprise aspect like I did. Mm. But did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. Um, This character right here, Lucas, yeah. he pretty much triggers off the whole conflict of the movie. Now, what I really... A taste... Not a taste. A thing that I really like about that opening scene, there was uh, one of the other characters came out. I believe it was Renee Zellweger. Yeah. And she... She was pretty... <laughs> she was like, hey, you remember Joe's rules? Anthony LaPaglia's character? And he's like, yeah. yes. Don't touch his cigars, his drumsticks, his beer, and count the money twice. He yeah. broke three of the four rules. <laughs> he did. He did pretty much all of that. He counted the money twice. Yeah, he did that. So, you know, good for him. And then he played it like drums. <laughs> That's the best part. So, I'm a big fan of um, the type of music that they use in this film. No, no, not the biggest. Like, I'm, I'm kind of fans of the music or that kind of branch off from the stuff. They're like, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a massive fan of The Doors, but I like The Doors. But I'm a big fan of certain music to realise that this film is fans of certain music that I like too. This guy here, Lucas... He has a real, especially in these beginning scenes where he wears this leather jacket and when he wears the sunglasses and whatever, he has a real uh, Lou Reed look about him. Lou Reed, musician, of course, work collaborator, part of the Velvet Underground and his own great musician, and he collaborated with David Bowie and Iggy Pop and all that. And he had a very signature look, very much like Lucas in this movie, and Lou Reed was a very kind of cynical, dark poet type, and that's why I kind of really appreciate that Lucas who is kind of cynical in his outlook on life, even though he's optimistic and upbeat and kind of mm. spouts things. He's a cynical bastard. And once more, he's not a parody. He's not a parody. That's what I love about this movie, is that it's not a parody. These are ge This is a genuine film that's like, hey, let's have every character as an archetype, and let's crank it up to the 11th degree of hell. And I appreciate that, because sometimes movies don't have enough archetypes in them like you know just typical cut and paste character types i mean i see films all the time and i'm like i mean i wish you know like what's a film that i could point to you know like say say uh, okay, how about kangaroo jack we have the black best friend who's yeah. very loud and boisterous yeah but i was thinking more modern movie like say uh uh room not the room with yeah, tommy yeah. was but room 
that movie could have used more stereotypical archetype characters. I mean, in that movie, where was the angsty teen that slits their wrist and shaves their head? Hmm? Hmm? Yeah, mm. exactly. That could have been used. Or, or where was the one that's a moody artist that glues coins to the floor? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's a part of the movie. Uh, I love this movie quite a lot. I love it so much that I have watched it twice in the span of a month. And boy, does it get better on the second viewing, I, I must tell you. I had a really fun time watching it the first time round, but the second time round? Oh boy. If I had to describe it, it was like pulling out my nails. You know, if you like pulling out your nails, that's like for people who enjoy the sexual pleasure Ryan's of ripping a out their I'm a masochist. Self-inflicting sometimes, but hence masochist. I do this show. Yes, hence <laughs> you see, had to have me as the co-host. Yeah, yeah, you're my sadist. Yeah, and you like it too, and I like it too. <laughs> so this movie, Bartek. Now, when you watch this movie, what did you think was going to happen? Like, you know how in movies, when you watch something, in your head you figure out what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. What did you think was going to happen in this movie? So, I was getting the idea, and I did briefly read the a synopsis of it. Like, they work at a record store, and the synopsis did mention that uh, they're trying to save the record store from being sold. From and the man. Yes, from the man. And... Obviously, as we've seen from the start of the movie to this point right here, uh, our not main character this is an ensemble piece, but uh, yeah. but our first character that we get to know, Lucas, loses a large chunk of the money. Yeah, nine thousand one hundred and four dollars yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um. So the synopsis was like, oh, they're trying to save the store. So I thought for the whole movie they would, you know, get out of the store, you know, try to make yeah. fundraising stuff and stuff like that. But for the most part, the movie is just a day at work. A day. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Not since Thunderpants have we had a movie that suspends the disbelief of time. Because this movie takes place in one day. With the exception of the night that no, we the just night passed. The night and... The, the, yeah, one day. And, like, Thunderpants takes place in one week. Outside yeah, the parts did. where he was born and stuff and grew up. Yeah. But, like, this movie takes place in one day. And, boy, I wish, you know... Open uh, till midnight. Open till midnight. Oh, may I read? Day. On the DVD cover, it has the band... I mean, not the band. The the uh, movie's uh, uh, catch line, slogan, you know, tag under tagline. Yeah. And this is what it is. I love it. It is an appropriate thing for the movie, because this movie is all about rebellion. It's about standing up to the man. That being a teenager doesn't mean you're a kid, nor does it mean you're an adult either. This is the movie. Empire Records, they're selling music, but not selling out. Open till midnight. (laughs) (laughs) I love, they're not selling out. This is one of the few scenes in which it doesn't take place at the record store. Yeah, no, I just looked at it now and I was like, oh my god, what is this? Oh my god, it's It's Renee Zellweger. (laughs) Jeez, she has a face. Unlike now, which she, you know she has a different face now? Uh, yeah, I did. I certainly didn't really recognize her when I watched this movie, even though I knew she was in it. Like, I mean, she's recognizable. Like this is more like this is young Renee Zellweger. This movie is, you know, one of the first of her biggies, isn't it? Like uh, the one I think made her is Bridget Jones's Diaries, 
and Chicago. I think I those two are her yeah, caliber I, movies. I haven't seen much of her, but Chicago is one that I've seen. Chicago. Chicago. With, with Richard R- Dreyfus and, and, and Catherine Hepburn. Richard Gray. <laughs> so Rick Hard Gray. Fifty Shades of Chicago with Richard Gray. <laughs> now, Anthony Lepagli is in this movie. This is also before he was anyone either because, you know, he's someone now. I mean, mm. he might have been someone here in Australia because, you know, he's Australian, like we mentioned. Uh, what do you think of his accent in this movie? Um, you know what? I didn't really notice too much Australian inflection when I watched the movie. Mm, mm. But later when I found out he was Australian, I thought, good on you. Yeah, his accent is very good. I mean, look, if I had to be negative, and you know, I don't like to be negative on this show, Bartek, you know me. Mm-hmm. I'm an upbeat guy. Yes, it uh, takes a Mexican child. <laughs> it takes a Mexican <laughs> child to get you. Home for Christmas. So, Latino child. Uh, to piss me off, yes. Or 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 a bunch of scientists and the Shaggy Dog. Love them. I love them. What's the Shaggy Dog with Tim Allen? But Anthony Lepaglia's accent does flicker in and out when he yells. That's a big problem with accents. Putting them on when you yell, it fades. Um, even great actors folly at that point. There's a bit in the movie where he's like, you know, he's being like, he's all, he's being all like, oh, I'm American, and then he's just like, Lucas. <laughs> he's just like yeah, he's just like I was waiting for him to be like oh fucking glass you cunt <laughs> also might I add how is Lucas not fucking punched in the face when he walked through the door because oh, because Joe is the father figure of now, this household now guys some people often ask now, Bartek I know you never see this but they often ask hey how do you guys pick your movies well it's simple Bartek and I have a list of movies, and we get some random stranger to read out uh, to to also do the Eminem game. <laughs> Whatever color one of us is holding behind our back, we pick what movie from the list, and that's how I picked this movie because I had the brown Eminem. Brown Eminem. Do you want to know something I actually did with um, Will, who was our guest in our first episode and our tenth? Yeah. So. Watch those episodes. Last year, I invited him over and I was like, hey, let's play a Spyro game all the way through. And, you know, I have the first three on PlayStation yeah. 1. So I was like, all right, which one do we play through? And he's like, oh, I, I don't... He was like, I don't mind, you pick. And I was like, but you're the guest, so you pick. <laughs> so we had that awkward moment, like, all right, you know what? We'll play a tiebreaker kind of game. I, we didn't go through something similar like M&M's. I had this box of nuts on my <laughs> and you're like on my desk. Who has a cashew? And it's like me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, and there was like different nuts in this. There was like a macadamia, an almond, and a cashew. So we went to my backyard and I threw them all at the same time. Like, whichever one goes furthest is the one that we'll play. And I think the macadamia went furthest and it was tied to Spyro 2. So we played Spyro oh, 2. Oh, wow. Wouldn't it have been great if that story was like, oh, no you pick and like no you pick and the story ends with you just play Crash Bandicoot instead <laughs> like if you can't pick a Spyro game pick Crash Bandicoot because they're basically the same game I yeah, mean one is spinning one is fire one has oh here he is Rex Manning the hero of the story now it's kind of hard to say Bartek you said there's no main character to this movie it's not the first movie we've ever had no main character certainly not well, certainly not but there's a hero in every story. 
Mm. And I say that hero is Rex Manning, because boy is he heroic you in my eyes. You can certainly make a case that he develops the story. <laughs> you can make a case he's one of the few that actually has character development. <laughs> yeah, some people like get over their conflicts, but character development... I mean, to be fair, it is a day. It is in one day, and Rex Manning gets laid in that day. He's the only one that gets laid, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, like, both the women, you know... Well, sorry, there are three women, but two of the women, you know, go for him. Fling themselves at him, and he was like, oh, well, there's four women. There's his agent. Oh, right, the agent. But I... Who has weird-ass eyes. She has the eyes of a... Of a serial killer. Yeah, all four women are weird, but every character in this movie is weird except, like, Joe. Boy, I can't wait to read the reviews. <laughs> oh, he's got a nice smile. I think Parkley's got a really charming, warm presence to him in all movies, but in this particular movie, he's got, like, the man rings and the earring, and he's got his long hair, like, longish hair, and he's just like, what's it doing in Atlantic City? <laughs> recirculating (laughs) so again with him being you know a straight character not like a joke uh lucas answers all questions literally yeah i love that's what you do on this show yes you're lucas and i'm joe and i also punch you in the face but not on screen or on microphone that's something this movie is is you know is rated m obviously Mm. And it has violence in it, but you don't see it on screen except for two occasions. You see Warren get fucking pulverized with a car door. His name is not Warren. Warren. And (laughs) you see, um, is it the lonely artist guy, uh, get fucking punched in the face by Rex Manning. Oh Oh my god, that was... Okay, I'm going to say this is my shining light throughout the whole movie. Okay, like, you know, the shining light, the best moment of... I'll hear yours after, but the best moment for me is... Spoiler alert for later in the film. Rex Manning has sex with... Spoiler alert, Renee Zellweger, the slut. I know, I'm shocked too. I'm... uh, But it's like, hold my hand. I'm so shocked by the fact that Renee Zellweger, the slut, had sex with the ladies' man. Oh my god, I'm so shocked. My heart's palpitating. But he walks out there and everyone's looking at him with his dead-eyed, hateful stare. And he just goes, what? No applause? (laughs) (laughs) And I was clapping. I'm like, yes, yes. You know, he has a really... I think one of his last lines is a really good line. It's fly away. I think it was fade away. Oh, yeah. Fade away. Why don't you all just fade away? It's from a song. Bartek, you're a lonely guy that hasn't had a kiss. Do you often kiss walls with painted women on them like this guy? I prefer to kiss the air, but... I guess. <laughs> I love that. No, Ryan, as a professional person who hasn't kissed anyone, I kiss the air. And I said it while I was drinking from this jug. <laughs> from a jug of water. Oh, she gave them the the, the finger. Which finger? The Not bird. the thumb. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke. I'm, I'm very good at this. So, she is... The... Wearing a wig, obviously. <laughs> Her archetype is... Uh... The um, basket case, I guess you could say. You use the breakfast. That's oh. the that's the cl- that's the term well, they use in the Breakfast Club. I think. I, yeah, I guess. I guess I was gonna call Lucas the basket case on a level, but you're right. You're right. What one would Lucas be in head Breakfast in, head Club? Head in the clouds. Oh, from Breakfast Club. Uh, yeah. The jock. I don't know. <laughs> Lucas. I don't. Know, there are only five, aren't there? Yeah, but if Lucas was in the Breakfast Club, what one would he be? Oh, maybe he'd he be would her be... other half. 
He'd be brains, wouldn't he? The brain, I guess. I don't know. He's really smart, but dumb. Yeah, he he actually does have an ulterior motive for everything for the what he did in the beginning. Yeah, but he just uh, doesn't explain until the very end. And what was his ulterior motive? To get Joe to move on better with his life or something. By what? Fucking piss his money away. <laughs> yeah, by doing that. But he didn't know that Joe was saving this money to buy the shop, so he was like, "I'm gonna spend it." So. So, you know, whatever. Like, ah, oh, Lucas just fucked shit up. I forgot a bit that I liked at the start, which was when he was pissing the way the money. Some chick was just like, you know, like, oh, you're not so hot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Women are users and abusers in this movie. Women are shallow. Women are shallow, according to 90s films logic. I mean... That's why I kiss the air. That's why he kisses air, and that guy kisses fucking wall. <laughs> To be fair, it was a wall with something on it. Now, I feel like this is actually her hair in this shot, but in the shot where she entered, clearly a wig. I think they needed a reshoot. I think they needed a reshoot. It's all at the back. Ryan, do you reckon she just does this for the attention? Ah, look, I do lots of things for the attention. Like, I went off the show for three weeks, and (laughs) and we got a fucking spike. (laughs) I swear. Did we actually? Snow dogs, less so. Everything Uh, else, fucking blasted it. I guess it's a sign that, Ryan, we don't want you on the show anymore. All right, guys, I'm back. And tough. I'm back for, for good this time. I mean, look, there's no... There's no man keeping me down. Unlike in Empire Records, where the man is keeping them down and all he wants to do is own a fucking toilet shop. <laughs> what about that? He wants to own a fucking toilet shop. Maybe he just wants attention. So, Bartek, you often do research in these movies. Mm-hmm. Or quizzes. Did you do any interesting research or quizzes for this one? Was there anything in your, in your endeavours that you found interesting? Because I found one thing in particular interesting. I did do a bunch of quizzes for this movie, but the... It was. They weren't really as funny as the other ones I'd done. No. Like one of them was like, "Oh, what's the character who's um, shooting or wanted to shoot up the places? He's named after an actor. Right, what's yeah. his name?" And one of the options was like Harrison Ford. And I thought, "Well, that'd be funny if they just called him Harrison throughout the whole movie because it's a longer name than Warren." Ari, Ari, Ari. Uh, oh, I didn't get to hear. What was your favorite little moment of the movie? My favorite moment. Um. It's really hard to pick. I just really like whenever Lucas does his you know, <laughs> uh, literal answer shtick. Mostly like when he is like apologizing for getting up off the couch, but said he's going to carry the couch cushion yeah. anyway. Uh, my favorite Lucas bit is the bit where he's like, "What? What do I do now, Lucas? Do I just phone him up and tell him I lie and you stole the money?" He's like, "That's a viable option." <laughs> <laughs> um, I I love this movie so much that I lo- okay. Even though this is an unappreciated masterpiece, and, you know, we shine torches on them, and many times I say that this is the best film ever made, and this is the best film ever made. This movie is so good that I've watched it three times in my life. And you know what they say, three's the charm. I am so proud of this movie that I am vowing never to watch it again. Well, this is the fourth time in, in Japan for his death. Oh, so I died. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I won't be on next week. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it, if you listen to it with sound, it makes like a scratchy noise when he does it. It's like... <laughs> 
Um, also, yeah. how possessive is this guy? Not Lucas, but the artist guy. He wants to own Liv Tyler's character. And he wants to own this chick. He's like, how did you do it? I want answers now. I'm not saying that this guy is Seth Green's brother from <laughs> Scooby-Doo 2. But he's got some serious control issues. Am I right? Like, Rex Manning seems more gentlemanly than that guy. Yeah, I He's th- supposed to be made out to be the bad guy, Rex th- Manning. Yeah, I think he's, like, really trying to be the, the nice guy or something yeah, like that. Nice like, caring guy. about the women in the movie. And he gets friend-zoned in the movie, too. <laughs> so is he, is he the one that likes Corey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course he is. He's the moody artist. Do you see his drawings later on? It's, like, of her <laughs> with wind blowing through her through her auburn hair and yeah, leaves yeah. in the wind of yeah. the shadow. But again, all the characters in this movie are crazy, so it's kind of like, oh, well, that's his thing. Let's look at the other characters' things. Well, well, Sinead, a rebel. Oh, that's a sly comment about rebels. Because in the 90s, there was lots of rebellions at the time. So, you know, watch out what you say, Renee Zellweger, with your catchy modern humour. I like how you really buy that they hate each other, but they're they're smiling at each other so like like haha like she's got that nice showing her teeth so i was like thank you i like how this guy's music gets vetoed all the time (laughs) i was waiting for him because he likes you know you know what they say if you like the stereotype which this movie does it's a great movie if you like stereotypes uh and archetypes that eventually i thought that when i first watched it i thought oh this guy is is angry and he's a stoner and his music is screamo and it keeps getting turned off. I was waiting for him to shoot up the place, but little did I know that it was going to be another character that would come in and shoot up the place. I thought to myself as a joke, I thought, wow, that guy, that guy's going to come in and fall down and shoot up the place, but I was wrong. It was another character that does that later on. So, like, seven seconds ago, we just zoomed in on a plastic dog. (laughs) So this could have been in Dog Month. It is technically in Dog Month, yeah. And we haven't talked about the thing that stands out on the cover i was going to i was going to okay are you building up to it okay Uh, this guy's a character for one i don't know why but he works at a pizza shop but okay bartek raised the dog question on the poster of empire records is all the characters standing there and at the bottom is a dog with headphones on listening to music (laughs) and in the movie and it's not a plastic dog it's a real dog it's a real dog and in the movie, there is no dog. Mm-mm. Like, this dog never appears. But Bartek, I did my research, and you may be shocked. Oh, you... Yeah? There is apparently a version of this movie that you can buy on DVD. Now, I got the original cinema version, but there's apparently a fan-edited version, which is apparently also very good, which includes deleted scenes of the movie. I don't know, I didn't watch that version, but I hope in those deleted scenes the dog is in it. <laughs> I hope that it is in it. But yes, we're watching just a cinematic version, okay? Make sure you guys aren't watching this this fan edit version. If you want to check out a fan edited version of a movie, check out Band Slam, the fan edited version, because I know I did, <laughs> and I did not know until too late. <laughs> yeah, you shared thoughts on it in the episode, I think. So... This is them dancing. Yeah, it's, it's... And this is Joe... I love these... 
might I add, while I was gone, look, I listened to the episodes while I was gone, because when I was in purgatory, yeah, I was in purgatory for a little while also. It was between episodes. Uh, I had to listen to the episodes, and I love the fact that I have to replace Luke, because, fuck Luke, uh, his commentating style is, there's a fan, there's a guy in a the jumper, there's this, there's that, and I'm just like, thanks for filling in. That was a joke I did in the first episode. <laughs> yeah, I think that is his real style. But if you guys miss that style, I'll fill it in. There's Joe. There's a thing on his head. That was There's funny. a guy. There's another guy. There's another guy. The Do you pe- notice they're all white guys with somewhat long hair? There's a woman. There's Joe again. Oh my god, he's talking. There- oh, Lucas. And on and on it goes until you want to stab out your own ears. Can you stab out your own ears? Uh, you can dig them out, I guess. With I a spoon guess. and a knife. Mr. Brilliant here. It has a subtle comment of the fact he's not brilliant. Okay. Um, we have yet to meet a character in the movie, but there's a guy that comes in... I can't remember, maybe we have seen him. But there's a guy that comes in, like, halfway through the movie that also works at Empire Records, the guy who sings in the band at the end. Mm-hmm. He comes in, like, for the afternoon shift, I guess. Yeah. Now, this movie already has, like, eight characters. And then they have the pizza boy that's, like, nine then they have the real owner of the store, that's like 10. And then they have Rex Manning, and that's like 11. And then they have a guy that comes in halfway through that works at the store too. That's like 11 characters. And then you have the agent, it's like, this movie has 14 million characters, dude. This, I have not seen a movie with so many lead performances in an ensemble piece since Spartacus. I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that this movie you should watch back-to-back with Spartacus, but... Does I don't know. You should try it. I don't know what happens. Does Cla- there's another dog on the wall? Does Cloud Atlas count? Uh, oh my God! Look straight to the camera. Um, oh, there he is. Cloud oh. Atlas. <laughs> oh my God! It's a two-dimensional version. Oh, no, it's just Corey. <laughs> oh my God! Could get her confused. Cloud Atlas, I guess, but they're all actors playing the same characters. Well, they're all the same actors playing different characters. Yeah, they're all act. They're all the same characters playing the same actors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we should make that movie. Well, yeah, we could call it Empire Records Strikes Back. You can call it Ground hey, Molehill. Do you know how they're making um, nostalgic sequels at late, like 10 years after, like Zoolander 2, My Big Go- Fat Greek, Ghostbusters? Yeah. My, no, Ghostbusters is different. It's kind of like a reboot. But, like. But is, doesn't the trailer say, like. Years ago, four scientists. Yeah, saved. but let's be honest. They're just, you know, I don't know how it works. But like, let's focus on the ones that are sequels that are like ten years later, like Wog My Boy Big 2. Fat Greek Reading and Zoolander Two and Wog Boy Two. Wog Boy Two. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should do that on the show. Um, <laughs> this deserves one. This one's calling for a sequel. Yeah. Where's Empire Records Strikes Back? Where instead of, like, you know, it has everyone comes back, right? And they have to somehow branch out and save the store from the internet. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what's killing music stores. The internet, is the, man. Is the yeah. internet. So I reckon it would be wonderful if you have that. And you have all these characters, but now they've got their own midlife crises going wasn't, on. Wasn't there a skit of, like, Seinfeld made years ago of, like... 
it was like a skit of them in the future and they like had all these modern day technological problems and stuff like that i don't know i I guess i I need to check out seinfeld more often but i've been too busy watching empire records twice in one month so oh my god so how does this movie work uh i don't know this is something i used to ask quite a lot but i haven't asked it in a while because with these movies i am now beginning to understand this the answer to this question but i've been gone for three weeks so i'm gonna ask so like how did this get made someone wrote this who wrote this like what was the process of the movie like how did they pitch it like hey bartek i got a movie for you Hold your seats. Angsty Generation X kids. You hooked yet? Yeah, I know you're hooked. We set them as all misfits and archetypes, and we shove them in one location for a 24-hour period. And the hook is they're trying to save a record store from the man. You down with that? I am Did I mention that we should have a dog on the poster? But let's be Generation X and not have it in the movie. Yeah, whatever the pitch was, it certainly isn't. Oh. <laughs> shoplifter. What? No, no. Do you remember how he says it? What? Do you remember how he says shoplifter? Doesn't he like scream it? Yeah, yeah but but like really happily. No, throughout the whole movie, there's several characters who scream it with testy popping action. Like he doesn't just go shoplifter. He's like shoplifter. It's the best. So, what you said, how was it written? I certainly, I certainly don't really get the impression that, like, the whole plot of them having to save the store was the main idea. Because, like I said before, it really is like a character piece. It's an afterthought. The plot, yeah, it's mainly about the characters. Like, for instance, I was so disappointed. Okay, this is nitpick, but I was disappointed that Lucas did not hit him with the couch cushion during this. I was expecting oh, there's a bit but we just missed where Lucas actually pauses to arm rest on a parking meter to look cool than just to tackle this kid <laughs> he also just fucking has to pulverize that kid he's gonna get sued later mm. cut it too short see this character's a hero he starts up with a complaint and like I do all the time yes I think every line he's had so far has been complaints. Hey, do you see that background extra, the man leaning on the pole? Mm Mm-hmm. He was talking to himself. Like, you just see his lips moving, and he's talking to no one. Maybe he was singing. Maybe he was singing, like, "Mm, mm, 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 Ryan's back. All right. (laughs) Fuck Luke. So when I watched this movie back in January before you left, what was he singing? Uh, he was singing, Ryan's gonna be back when you do this episode. All right, do 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 do. Still he... fuck Luke, do do do. Dude, he foresaw <laughs> that we were gonna get betrayed. Yeah. Oh well. We had a guest and everything. Thanks, Anthony Lacaglia Casdors Jr. Jeez. <laughs> you said you weren't gonna say Anthony Lacaglia. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about sluts. Here's Renee Zellweger. And boy, is she a slut in this movie. <laughs> Dude, Anthony Pio was just like putting his fingers to his eyes and he was like, oh god. You know that he does that in everything like he's in? He always yeah. does that. Like, you know how actors have their mannerisms, like their little tricks that mm-hmm. they do? Anthony Lepaglia's is to dig his fingers into his, like, brows. He's like, oh, that's his trick. 
While Renee Zellweger's trick is to um, scream when delivering her emotional lines, like later on, there's that bit where oh, yeah. she's like, You've stopped! I've stopped! Yeah. And who would have guessed that she would sleep with him? I'm shocked. Were you shocked? She's got scary ass eyes, the, the manager. You may know her from Batman Forever. I saw that when I was a kid. <laughs> well, she was in it. Was as she the Riddler? She worked with Two Face. She was Spice to Drew Barrymore's Sugar. Because hmm. Drew Barrymore was in that movie too. Two very good condiments. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call Drew Barrymore a condiment in front of her, though. She takes offense to it. So I'm Rex. Great to be here. <laughs> jumping back to archetypes, now we got an on again, off again character in this movie, Warren. Warren, who you could also argue is a hero because he points out the follies of man. Yes, he does. So his big thing is that he's kind of like trying to be a white gangster. He is a gangster. Yeah. And he also likes heavy metal, which I, I just love how... He also likes Dr. Dre. And Whitney Houston, remember? It's like, Whitney Houston's from a girlfriend. Yeah, it is. Well, I love this. Like, like yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll take photos with him. Like, <laughs> like look at him go. It's like, a re- yeah, it's a really unique style to this movie. Like, yeah, we're taking photos of the things you stole, and we're going to do it like a photo shoot. But ultimately, this is for the purpose of, like, in- incarcerating... Not incarcerating, but, like, getting you arrested. Yeah. Giving you into the police. So... It- <sighs> Like like you would have said in many episodes ago, how was that written? And oh, wow, like I just oh that's you, Bartok, that guy who was just like oh, oh my god. I was about to ask, what character do you think you are in this movie? Well, you've already compared me to Lucas. You really are Lucas, though, aren't you? Yeah, I'm Rex Manning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when like rock women, and roll, women will come up to you and it's like, sing hey, at Ryan, me. We want you to have sex with me, and then you just pull down your pants, and then they'll run away. Which confuses me. It's like, like you, you, wanted, you wanted me to have sex with you. I got to take off my pants. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> rock and roll. What what you guys don't know is every time I say that, I've whipped my dick out. Uh, you can't look. He's drawing her with that's, flowers. That's why I was giggling. You know what I love is. <laughs> Not since Meet Dave have I seen an artist so good. Do you remember in the film Meet Dave, the main female character is an artist and all she draws is like fucking flowers. This guy draws girl with flowers and it's like he's going to go to art college. Look, I'm not a professional artist, but I don't know if he's going to get in. <laughs> She's going to get into Harvard, definitely, but will he get into um, art college? She's probably going to be in Harvard around the time Facebook gets started, right? Whoa! And she'll be hashtagging for it with cool. It's so funny to watch this movie knowing what the future for them is. Like, knowing what the coming years would be like. And, hey, do you ever wonder, was Lucas on the same plane as 9-11? I don't know, I'm just saying, he has a terrorist vibe about him. He certainly Which I'm got... not saying implicating that Bartek works for ISIS and he was there in Paris. I work I for mean, the god... Sh- Ryan, for the 13th time, I work for the goddess ISIS of Egypt, <laughs> not the terrorist group. Yeah, I'm sorry, I forget. Oh my god, he glued them down. And it's on carpet too. <laughs> oh yeah. You can kind of like dig through that. You could. Well, love is when they... Think of the idea of if this actually was turned into music town. 
The people who would work there would be so freaking confused. <laughs> They'd have to actually get new carpeting because they wouldn't allow that kind of conduct. So he, we just had the line that um, artist guy AJ Mark, whatever his name is, um, Warren was complaining about the coins, said, why did you do this? And he said, I don't have to explain my art to you. Like, how, we don't have to explain our art to you. How does that not automatically put him in an art university? Oh, you got me. You got me there. I mean, for instance, I run an art page on Facebook. That's true, you do. Called Stark Reality, or as I like to call it to my friend Stark Realty. And he says, you know, on that page, you know, being an artist, I relate to that character because art is an essential thing. I mean, some people say Ryan is, is Stark Reality, uh, you know, Stark Reality's art, but is spit and polished art? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is, because we are bringing forth art to you. And by doing that, we are doing art in itself. Isn't that right, Buzz? Yes. When you ask, is it out? Yeah. You already own it. Yeah. Boom. Rex Manning. He's an artist. I'm an artist. Boom, boom. Bada bing, bada bing, bada boom. Pow. I love Rex Manning in this. Like, I, I want to know if he, if he was in our world, would he be successful? Because I think he would. Singing fan. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't even <laughs> sing it anything like he does. Like, she's singing it in a completely different... It's like if I walked up to, say, uh, ACDC, and I sung Highway to Hell as if I was an opera singer. I sing Bee Gees. <laughs> no, I sing it Bee Gees. <laughs> they would punch me. I mean, you know, what's-his-name couldn't hear me, but, you know, I'd be punched. So did I just see yep here he is. Here he is. Now, fun fact about this guy. (sighs) Oh, Ryan sighed. He only did a few movies. One of them was the great film which we we will do this that that movie on this film called Johnny Mnemonic with Keanu Reeves. Oh Johnny Mnemonic. You've seen it? I've heard of it. I know about There's it. There's a great I'm... bit in Johnny Mnemonic in which he's just like screaming a lot like Keanu Reeves. It has not been so dramatic since him in Surf Ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy that just came on screen a moment ago that's just checked in, he was in Johnny Mnemonic. He was in this. He was only in a few things. But what I love is just you like look up this trivia. Book. He is Liv Tyler or, or Corey in this movie. He is her like stepdad or something or other he married like her mum oh in real life in real life oh, I and know. he's like the same age as her which is brilliant I know that later on there's a extra who's apparently the actor that plays Rex Manning's daughter yeah isn't that neat yeah I love um when I get angry like Anthony LaPaglia I just drum out my rage because that's his art that's his expression yeah like, you know, even the adults have angst in this movie. In this movie, they even have angst. Like, look at Lucas dance. That's how Bartek dances. I could dance like that. Bartek, I'm wrong. You're not Lucas. Like, you are Lucas. Are but you going to say know, I'm Warren? You are Warren. But Lucas is the child of Bartek and our first ever guest, Will Brooks. If they had a kid, it would be Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Who's and the mum? The mum is obviously uh, a guest that never appeared because the mum isn't in this movie either. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Warren go. He even took off his jacket. Now, while they're doing this, if I was Warren, I would just leave. 
This <laughs> would be my point to escape. Oh, sex! Sex. One person in the booth. I like there's a subtle joke later where Anthony LaPaglia is walking past the booths and he just knocks on the window and he like looks at it, like looks at whoever it is in there. You don't see them. He looks at them and tucks his head, like, and you imagine it's them two having full core hard <laughs> anal sex. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, like, imagine this. Imagine if you both be facing a... the same direction. So, yeah. Yeah. Imagine. Okay, so Bartek, I'm in your music store, right? I'm, I'm Anthony. <laughs> Anthony the Parker. Okay. So you actually turned up on the show this week, and I'm with a girl, an imaginary girl, like our guest, an imaginary one, uh, and I'm just. Fucking her up the ass, like your, real your hard. Female like, Anthony Lapaglia. My female Anthony Lapaglia. No, no relation. And I'm in your music store, in your music booth, where it says only two people. Now you do something different to him. You don't just touch your head. You have to decide. This is like a, a, a choose your own adventure kind of thing, right? Okay, you're walking, walking, walking. You see me, and you just before you see me, you just hear this. You hear the music. Doosh, 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 doosh. But you hear this. You just hear that bum 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 bum, and you just hear. Now you, what do you, what do you think is happening? Well, you just made that. You just made that sound by punching your hand, so it kind of like sound like flesh, like a fist hitting flesh. But I think you were trying to emulate like something banging against a wall. No, I was thinking flesh on flesh. Okay, well, I would probably first think that someone was bashing someone. Okay, so what do you do then? You do you sprint over? The first thing I would do is... Well, the, my motivation would be to find out what that sound is. So I suppose sprinting would be the thing I would do. Mm-hmm. And then, to your surprise, you see my hard throbbing erection covered in fecal matter going in and out of a tight anus. What do you do then? I, I'm <laughs> gobsmacked. I open the door and I yell at you... <laughs> What was that sound? <laughs> and then I punch you. And then you wake up and you're the one being fucked in the arse. By you or female Anthony Lepaglia? By the real Anthony Lepaglia. The real one? Yeah. Does he want his store back? No, he's just like, do you remember me from Empire Records? Oh my god. Could you imagine that scene? Now picture it. And there I am podcasting <laughs> and you're just like trying to do the podcast like we record it and you're doing a live podcast commentary on being fucked in the ass by Anthony LaPaglia uh-huh what would you think how would you feel you just woke up from being punched in the face by me fucking someone else in the ass now you've woken up being fucked violently in the ass by Anthony LaPaglia uh-huh. who may or may not be a lizard man okay I'll 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 Suspend my disbelief on that, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is a lizard man. Okay. Sorry, sorry. So what's the question? Because you kind of... How would you feel? Well... Not, like, physically, but emotionally. I mean, physically, you would feel great because you're being fucked, but... I, I assume it'd be a while, because post-production takes a while, but, um... No, no, you're doing it live. Oh, so... Like, like you've just woken up. I've got the mic right there. It's like, wake uh, up. we got to do the episode. <laughs> like, smack, smack, wake up. You're being fucked in the ass. Go, 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 before he comes. I feel like if I was fine to do the episode, then, you know, I'd be kind of a little bit over it, but kind of like having the back of my mind while we're doing it. So I'd be thinking about it a lot, but you you said that you were going to talk about that happened to me, or is that just me having to deal with that while you have no idea? 
Yeah, like I've I've punched you in the face. Yeah, I've set this up beforehand, but you are unaware. It's a, like it's like a funniest home so, video. Like so this a- is a world where I run a record store, but we also do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and you live, and you are okay. So this is a world in which we do this podcast. You own a music shop. I go there to have <laughs> anal sex, <laughs> punch you out, and set up a rape situation for you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with the real Andy Lapaglia, uh-huh. and you have to live podcast your feelings about it. So I get asked about it, or <laughs> yeah, I yeah, you're like I'm like so Bartek, how do you feel about being anally raped by Andy Lapaglia, or do you consider it anal rape? I mean, shit, man, I, I I was out for some reason, but like I don't know if he if he managed to get in the store. Without me letting him in, I, I guess, you know, I was kind of asking for it. <laughs> is he is he a tender or brutal lover? No, remember, he's fucking you right now, so... Mm-hmm. You know what? It, it, he, it, he He's a switch. Not not that he's a masochist and a sadist, because I'm a sadist, <laughs> but, um... Like, while it happens, it's pretty brutal, but afterwards, you know, he slows down. Mm. Isn't that violent? But, oh. By the way, I'm not gay or anything. But... No, Bartok's not gay. Uh, yeah. He just, you know, he just takes it where you can get it. I just take it when I don't realise that... Oh, is this the scene? Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. And he's wearing his man rings <laughs> while he grabs your hair. How do you feel about that? I mean, I, I don't think the rings are... What he hasn't bother. even he hasn't even taken off his pants. He's just unzipped them. I don't think it would be the rings that would bother me, yeah. What would bother you? Oh, he just unzips his pants? Yeah, and takes his dick out. Like, he's not wearing underpants. He doesn't uh, even He doesn't even take off his pants. He doesn't pa- even feel on, his are they, thighs. Are they, the pants are like jeans or something? No, they're like his trousers. Are they like soft pants or are they going to be like rough like they might get me a rash? They might. You might get a slight rash. It depends how hairy ah, is your buttock. Fuck! How hairy well, if, if it's If it's going to give me a rash, then I suppose that would be the but problem. But wouldn't you... Like, if you have... You're a hairy man. In case no one knows, Bartok's a hairy man. So I'm going to make an assumption that you have a ha- hairy thighs and ass in general. Wouldn't you get a slight friction burn from rubbing that being rubbed against a lot anyway? I don't know. I'm not hairy. Well, I, I do have a hairy bum, but, like, it's not like I've got a bare ass where I've got hair everywhere. No, but, like, if you just rub against it a lot, like, friction-wise, wouldn't it... Wouldn't it cause you a, a well, slight irritation anyway? So what does it matter if my, these trousers well, my bum, do? My bum hairs aren't that thick. It's not like my facial hair. No, I know that. But like, if someone else is slamming against it vigorously for a amount of time, wouldn't it cause a slight irritation anyway? I don't think it would make much difference because they're not that thick. All right then. So Anthony Lepaglia has violently raped you at this point and you like it so it's not rape so don't worry oh hold on I never said I like it <laughs> oh no but sorry we're, we're role playing right yes yeah, it's all hypothetical <laughs> okay yeah okay so I like oh wait it. here's Anthony Labaglia and now we can do the situation for real zip down your pants oh wait no I knocked you up bam alright guys how would it be if I actually set up Anthony LeBaglia to come on the show to violently have sex with you? Oh, sex this time, not rape. Well, you seem up for it. Well, no, but we're role-playing. Uh, were we? Yeah. Okay. Right, sure. this episode's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Why we talk about gay sex? 
Here is Liv Tyler slowly undressing. So yeah, back to gay sex. No, um, so in this universe... Oh, she's finally up to the part where she... Uh... Is going to throw herself at him for no reason other than plot demands. I feel sorry for Rex Manning in this movie because he gets cock-teased quite hard in this scene and he doesn't even know what he... I don't even know. Okay, I'll be honest. I had to ask my household, why did she walk out? <laughs> I was like, what What did the guy do wrong? She was like, I want this. He's like, you sure? He checked for concession... Yeah, um, consent and he made sure that this is what she wanted like he even commented you know i'm old enough to be your dad or something or like you know are you sure are you sure yes i'm sure zips down his pants why did she leave was it like his dick was weird looking like why i had to ask did you think that Bartek? my i was also slightly confused my, my conclusion that i came to was like he wanted to start by getting a blowjob, and that apparently was not okay with her. Yeah, foreplay's not okay. Like, I guess I... just hardcore banging her, I guess. Just to establish people, like, it's her choice if she wants to back out, but we just want to know what her reasoning was. Yeah, what her reason? Because not made clear, evidently. Like, I thought, is there something wrong with his dick? And then I thought what you said. Like, they said, like, uh, my household said, well, she wanted a romantic kind of blissful tender thing. But what, what I think is that's a lie because she knew that she was going to sleep. She's taking off her clothes, so... Yeah, she took off her clothes. But what I mean is she wanted to have groupie sex. That's not romantic. She knows that. She wanted to have groupie sex. So she knew it was going to be sleazy. So why did she back out when it actually happened? I, I guess maybe, obviously, it's her choice and it's not the right thing to do. But at the same time, it wasn't so evidently obvious. I was like, what, he wants a blowjob? What, men don't automatically get erect. You know, it's not like, oh, there I am erect. You have to give some tenderness, some some kind of thing, and maybe he needed a lick. Maybe, maybe she had some kind of outside force tell her that, like an instinct that said, "Yeah, stop! Don't do it." The director or the writer, perhaps? the script. Yeah, the yeah. script. Yeah. Maybe there was a scene in the outtake version, fan edited version, oh, where Rex like, Manning was like starting to get violent or something. No, no, no. Like I imagine, like reasons why, like it shows his dick, <laughs> and it's got like a little face on it. Maybe she doesn't know what a dick is. <laughs> oh, she yeah. got confused. Maybe he has like a snapping tortoise down there, and he's just like. It looks up at her with a winking <laughs> eye and goes, "Help me!" Have you seen Tromeo and Juliet? <laughs> yeah. There's that one nightmare scene where <laughs> the dick is like this big kind of worm yeah. thing. <laughs> I imagine like, oh, oh, imagine this in the outtake version. It's actually an episode of Goosebumps. <laughs> like, like it's just like he zips his dick and it's got like her f- her face but old on it, and he's just like, "Don't do it." And he's like on his balls are like other women's faces that are like you know trapped, and it's like her old face is like her from the future warning her, <laughs> and he's just like, Bleh! and he like zooms into his red glowing eyes. I imagine that would be great. Maybe Rex Manning has like telepathic <laughs> powers, and he was like telling her, "I'm from the future. You don't want to do this." At that yeah, point. but like, you know, then now go to the roof and cry, like a bitch. <laughs> So, for the people listening who haven't seen this movie, you're probably wondering, why aren't you guys talking more about what's happening, you know, with we the plot? Are. Like, like we said, this really is a, just a weird day in the life. It's not really... We haven't really talked about 
them trying to save the store because they haven't really tried. They haven't tried to raise any money. They just have gone about their day. And when they do the really fun stuff, they have a lot of fun. They enjoy it. Yeah, and like, I mean, there's no tensity except with Joe. Yeah, if you're a stickler for a plot, here's the plot. Here's the plot. They try and save the record store, but in the meantime, this person's in love with that person. They're gonna tell them at this time, but they tell them at the wrong time. Boo hoo! Slut is slut. Artist is artist. Joe drums when angry. Warren comes back later with gun. Movie could be more interesting if it turned into a siege situation, but no, they save music store by making a band play on roof. Finn. Uh, you know, like, credits roll, kiss at the end, you know, there you go, there's your plot synopsis. You can read it on IMDb, but you don't come here for just a plot synopsis. Well, that was a summary, yeah. <laughs> yeah, summary, synopsis, whatever. Thanks, Lucas, I mean Bartek. Um, I, you come here to hear us talk, not only about the movie, but what we get from the movie. The theories, the intrigue, the reasonings of why they do what they do. That's a part of a masterpiece and an unappreciated one. A masterpiece stands out from the rest of the movies, don't they? Unappreciated, appreciated, or overappreciated. What makes a masterpiece is you don't just watch it for the plot, necessarily. Like, I don't just watch Casablanca because of the plot's really good. You watch it because there's so much more about it. The characters, the depth of those characters, the overall quality of the picture, the the behind-the-scenes things that transcend into the front-of-the-scenes things, you know? All these kind of things make masterpieces, and that's what makes these ones as well. But the audience has not paid attention to them. Hence, they are unappreciated. Which is funny because, I mentioned this movie earlier, The Breakfast Club is about five students trapped in a library. You're right, so The Breakfast Club did rip this off. It did. I mean, this movie was made after, but it inspired Breakfast yes, Club. Yes, and that movie is really well received. Yeah, I think it's a bit overrated, to be honest. Um, it's one of my lesser favourite John Hughes movies. Favourite John Hughes movies? Plane, Trains and Automobiles. Just saying. Uh, fun tip, but oh, Rex Manning is hard and ready to go. Uh, oh, he's wearing his jockeys, and she's looking at it like yum yum yum, which is great. Uh, what I love is too that she's just gonna have sex out of spite, which is the best way to have sex if you're gonna have it, Bartek. Mm. Um, recommendation: spite. I remember I talked about being spiteful for coming back on the show, and it's fueled me. At first, guys, I was hesitant about this episode. I haven't been on it for a while, you know. I've had to get the gears going again, and we have no guest because of betrayal and and lies. And it's yeah, just Bartek and I, and sometimes that can be a bit, you know, ooh, and, you know, but, but you know what made it, Bartek? What makes me confident in this? Mm-hmm. The film itself. Yeah. At the end of the day, when I worry about... Uh, Will this episode be good? Yes, us creators do worry about these things. Don't think that we just half-ass and just be like, oh, we've got the movie, we'll just whack on the mic and commentate. We do homework, we do research, we'll do all that stuff. But we worry, don't we, Bartek? Like, I worry. Like, I was worried on the way home today. That I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, am I up for this? But as soon as you put the DVD in the machine and see the credits roll, you're inspired. That's how I look at this, at least. And it also helps that, you know, you do this show, you get, you know, thoughts out there, you project your fantasies onto me, Mm. you talk about the weird characters, and we just generally have a good time. 
Yeah. Talking and bringing up, you know, sensitive things, but, you know, we're very sensitive people. That's why we talk about sensitive topics. Such as why this movie is great. It's sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I like how this movie has no plot. Like, I know we've talked about it does have a plot, but it's just like a series of vignettes. It's like 14 different movies in one movie. Like, like movie ideas that didn't carry over to this movie, so we'll shove it in this movie. Like, do you remember that there's a fake funeral scene in this movie? I definitely do. <sighs> there's sex scenes and... There's dancing, lots and lots of dancing. Yeah, dancing and people who hate each other dancing together. Well, the stoner and her actually get on quite well. Yeah, I guess they she's, do. No, she okay, always well. <laughs> compliments him. Oh, that's the artist, sorry. Her and the artist and stoner guy get on really, really well. Like, she gets on with the guys, not the chicks. The only guy that she kind of d- d- doesn't get on with is... um. The guy that's her boyfriend, and because he's a selfish narcissist asshole that doesn't pay attention to her. But I agree. Um, they just randomly took his shirt off. <laughs> and how old is he supposed to be? Because he has a lot of tattoos. Um, well, some of them are talking about going to university, so they'd have to be early twenties, maybe late teens. Late teens, late teens, because she's not going to university till like ninety nine or something or other. Was that like her graduation year? I, uh, I think it was graduation. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that far off from. Yeah. It happening. I wonder how old Anthony Lapaglia is in this movie. I wish I looked that up. Like, wouldn't it be funny if he was actually like in his like mid twenties? So he's like only a couple years older, but he's like, I'm your boss. Like this scene, his accent slips so much. Uh, does he look older than me? Yeah, he does. He does look older than you. It's kind of hard to say because Bartek looks like 69 years old. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, he looks older. Like, Andrew Paglia could pass for 70. <laughs> I, wish he, hair. I wish he was in more movies. He's a great presence. Like, oh, finally. Finally he gets it done. But we don't get to see it, which annoys me. But movies are out there to give you pleasure and annoyment at the same time. Annoyment? Is that a word? <laughs> um, annoyance. Annoyance. Annoyment sounds like an ointment. Yeah, no. Like, I've got serious carbuncles. Pass me the annoyment. <laughs> annoyance. Yeah. I wish that we saw him get punched. But don't worry. Rex Manning's the hero of the movie because he punches someone. And think... He's wearing man rings, Rex Manning, so, so is Joe. Do all the men's wear man rings in this movie? I didn't know that, like, necklaces and man rings were really popular in the 90s, but I guess they were. I guess they were. But like, do you wish that we remember the 90s more? Yeah, I certainly don't remember it as much as other people that grew up in the 90s, so... Like, we were born in 93... So we're still technically 90s kids because a lot of the shows that we watch were 90s shows anyway. But I get more of 2000s kid, aren't we? I suppose, yeah. Like, I, I, I guess I did watch a bit of Nickelodeon. They had some old shows that lasted a while, so... Mm, like the Amanda show. Yes. And I just... I wish I was... I had more memories of the 90s. It seems like the 90s was a simpler time. A blander time, though. Like, the 90s is the generation... Like, it had good stuff in it, don't get me wrong, but the 90s was, like, the carbon cop... Like, 
a copy of 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 a decade beforehand, which is the 80s. Like, it seemed like a very faded version. Like, at the 90s... Trying to be a radical 80s. It's weird that we've got... There it was. There it was. What? No applause? And here's the moment. But the 90s seems like it has no identity until the later, later parts. Like, it does have an identity. Denim. Surf Ninja... There it is. (laughs) He just punches him. Like, like, socks him one. Like, bam. Like, whammo. It's like, ah. But... Yeah, the 90s. I wish I do remember more of it because I, I reckon, like, if I did, maybe I would recognize why there's this nostalgic buzz coming back about it. Because for me, it's kind of giving me the shits, to be honest, seeing the 90s come back into fashion. Because I thought the 90s was kind of bland. Why don't you all just fade away? And he does. He fades away. But yeah, I wish I remember the 90s. It, was a, it seems like it was a simpler time. But yet again, when you're young, everything's a simpler time, isn't it, Bartek? Yeah. The only thing you got to worry about is when is Empire Records 2 coming out? I'm still worried. <laughs> still worried. So, mm. yeah. Do I you know. reckon it'll have the same cast, or is Renee Zell get too expensive? No, no. She'll be in it. She's not doing much. She's retired from acting for a little while. So she'll be in it. She'll play Joe's part. Like, she'll be the manager, and Joe will be like in a wheelchair with like a tube coming out of his throat and he'll be like eh, it's me Joe and he'll be like the domineering retired man because he's like he constantly years. reminds people what, their na- what his name is I'm Joe it's me Joe it's me Joe and he like drums when he's angry still but he's like <laughs> but it's obviously not as fanatic fanatical I guess no, he has it, like, on a touchscreen thing. <laughs> so, like, instead of what Stephen Hawking had to, like, produce yeah. speech, it, like, produces, he like, drums. like beats. 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 Now, this is a dramatic scene. This movie, what genre would you put it in? Um, it certainly has elements of comedy, but when you come to scenes like this, I almost don't want to say drama because it's so unique. Hmm. I would say that it is um, a self-exploration, coming of age, because all the characters. Age. I think self-exploration fits more than coming of age. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, because they both interlink so much, and it's all these young people realizing what it's going to be like to be an adult. Well, to to jump back to our comparison, what genre would you say Breakfast Club is? Mm, coming of age. Yeah, actually, that one is more coming of age because they do walk out of it different people. This one. They walk out of it the exact same way. They walk out of it feeling a little better, but... I think the best way to describe it is it's a friendship movie. Because they all walk out of it as friends. Because at the start, this chick hated that chick, but now they all come out of it with a strengthened relationship. Oh, Bartek, do you ever just casually pee in front of other people? Like, oh, you know, do you just casually, like, urinate? In the same bathroom as, as anyone else? Like, not um, public toilets, but, like, talking to someone? So they can see you? Not all in the same room as me. No, exactly. They're on the other side of the door, maybe. Yeah, that that I can do. But, like, I don't know how it's different for girls. Like, we had a guest on a while back on the show of Bandslam, on our episode Bandslam, and, you know, I guess, like, I don't know, is it, you know, if we had a female, if we had a female guest on this time around, which would have been wicked, um... Do you think, like, answer this question for me. Do girls just do that? Is it just normal that you guys pee in front of each other? Or is that just unusual? Well, with guys peeing in front of each other, sometimes when they're out in the wild, they might, like, pee on a tree or something. Yeah, yeah, peeing for guys. Even wild hogs have that. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess, like, women have a different toilet culture to us because they go in groups according to the mythos. Well, we just like, I'm going to go for a piss, and you're like, all right. Well, yeah, but they don't watch each other, I don't think. I don't know what they do in there. They powder their noses. What does that mean? I've hired private eyes, Ryan. They they tell me that they don't watch So this band's in it. Gua. Gua. I like Gua. Like, I'm not a big listener. Don't be like, hey, Ryan, what's your favorite song? I don't know. I just like them. I like them in this movie. I like how it's clearly not them. Like, I know it's them, but, like, not their voice. Because I don't imagine the singer from Gua is going to sound like, Hey, man. Holy shit, he's getting eaten. (laughs) Holy shit. And he's loving it. Like, he's, like, a little worried, but then he's just, like, (laughs) turned on by his own death. He's the sadist here. It's funny. <laughs> like, he, he, I got it. So, got while, so while you're self-masochistic, he's self-sadistic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> Inflict pain on, his, on himself. Is that so masochistic or sadist? Mm, it's masochistic. I don't know how self-sadism works, unless, it, <laughs> unless it's just talking to yourself. To all our pervert listeners out there, yeah. how does self-sadism work? I bet there's someone who can answer that. Maybe they record themselves as a masochist and then they record themselves, like, you know, shunning Maybe they them. give themselves orders. Yeah, but... Like, yeah. like, beat yourself, pig! So, uh, I, uh. so I guess... Do they spit on their own genitals? So like, I guess the... Scum. So I guess the deep question is, where do you draw the line between self-masochism <laughs> and self-sadism? That's the question, the episode, the <laughs> question of the episode. You know what's really sad? Mm-hmm. Throughout all the episodes we've done, we've raised a lot of questions, but boy, am I actually interested to find out the answer to this one. <laughs> like, I've always wanted to know the answers to lots of them, but sometimes we do find the answers because, like, look, I we watch the movies beforehand and we think about it, but, you know, you know, sometimes you real you come on a realisation after just rambling about things. I, I would say this show's just about rambling, you know? Lots of times I've discovered deep and meaningful things by just keep talking to you and the guests. Oh, and, same here. And just watching the movie again and talking about it. And you realize things like, in our first ever episode, I discovered that the character in Big Fat Lie that's obsessed with dogs, last name was Barker. And I never noticed that until we actually <laughs> talked and talked and talked. And that's what I'm getting from this movie is just like so many things. I'm just... That's a part of why I like doing this show, man, is just... We just talk and talk and I realise things and take things that I don't realise, but subconsciously it's there. So we're up to the funeral funeral scene. (laughs) Now, Bartik, if I had a fake funeral, which I could have done if... when I was away, um, what would you say at my fake funeral? (laughs) And who do you think would attend out of our guests that have been on the show? Well, it depends. Um, All of them, I imagine, except if it's, for our current one. If the current, if the current situation of all our lives are as, as it is now, no one. But if a store <laughs> that we owned is running out of money, is about to be sold, and we need to make a lot of money, I think everyone would attend. Anthony Lapaglia would actually attend. Everyone would I attend. I was thinking if we had a funeral for me now... Except, except him. Jesus. If we had a funeral for me now, I would only have... Our guests that dropped out come to it. <laughs> They're like, I made it this time, Ryan. And I'm like, thanks. You thank them. Yeah, I'll be dead. Well, it's a fake funeral. Oh, so we had one of these kind yeah, of Yeah, it's a fake funeral. Okay. I've been to too many real funerals. Would you would you approve of having candles around you? No, my hair might catch fire. 
This chick doesn't have to worry about it because she's fucking bald. Also, that's why she cut her hair. She didn't yeah, she didn't want to catch it on fire. On fire, eh? Yeah. The Fuegos. And... <laughs> Renee Zellweger, I like how they hijack her funeral. Like, they're talking about everyone but her. She's like, great funeral, guys. Like, even her boyfriend is just like, yeah, man. Like, Isn't this the scene where Lucas confesses, like, his tragic past? Yeah, like, he pees the bed all the time. Again, much like Bartek. I actually did a few years ago because I, I was, like, having a lucid dream and I thought and I thought I was going to the toilet. How old were you? Well, it was a few years ago. So I knew you? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, like, really weird. Like, I was like, oh, I've got to go to the toilet. And then I was like, wait a second, I'm in bed! <laughs> <laughs> Too late? A bit, yeah. A bit? So yeah. you peed your pants? Well, I was in bed. So you're wearing pants or no pants? No Do you pants. sleep naked? I sleep with underwear. So that's underpants. Yeah. I sleep with pyjamas, man. I, I do the jocks when it's hot, but, like, overall, I like to wear pyjamas because you never know when you're going to be cold out of bed in the middle of the night, you know? Like, that's me. I always have a constant fear. Don't use this against me, but I have a constant fear that I'll wake up when our house is being burglarized or home invaded and I'll have to do something about it because I'm like, well, what will I do? I have this big ass torch that's really heavy, and I'm like, I imagine I'll turn it on and blind them and hit them with it, and that's like the best I got. And then as you guys down, it's like wearing pajamas, pussy. <laughs> yeah, I want to see his dick. What? His? You want to see his dick? <laughs> yeah. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> no, that's what they're saying. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because you said, "Oh, what a pussy wearing pajamas." They're like, yeah, yeah, I want to see his dick <laughs> because we're gonna hide. We're gonna hide. I, I thought that's why you brought the torch because you wanted to see the burglar's dick. <laughs> This episode's fun. It's a really bright torch. Yeah, because it's got lots of homoerotic overtones. Not undertones, overtones. That's a great name for a band. <laughs> homoerotic overtones. <laughs> and all they do is do covers of ABBA. <laughs> oh, look, it's Warren. What's out, Warren? I like how we never find out his name, either. That was one of the quiz questions. What's Warren's real name? And you don't find out. Is that the answer? Like, you don't find out? It's like, it's never said that's the answer. God, grief. I am hungry. In real life? I'm, no, no, in fictional life. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were like, life, I thought, I'm hungry I thought for you were, the wolf. I thought you were telling us how Warren's feeling. Uh, Warren. I'm Warren? I thought I was Rex Manning. I'm already gone. I might as well step outside and I'm not saying that you became... Food. There's some people outside just walking. I'm not saying that you became him. <laughs> I thought you were like telling us what you think he's thinking. Hey, do you find this is a weird time before mobile phones? Like, I know mobile phones exist, but, like, before anyone actually owned mobile phones, only, like, people like Rex Manning. Mm. Do you find it weird that this is a time where people would have to sneak to the phone to actually call for help? Like, nowadays you can just call for help. Like, you can do it in your pocket and be like, help. But these people have to run and crawl and duck and hide. Do you find it great that we don't live in this time in which we have to do that? Well, it's certainly more convenient these days, and, you know, we might save our lives, but on the other hand... Where's the campy fun? We're pussies. Because we don't have to do all the dodging to get to a phone that's connected to a Yeah, we're not staff. Oh, wait, if you own your own music store, you would. Yeah. You'd be offering him a job. Would you offer Warren a job? Well... After what he did at your store? Well, Ryan, he clearly has a kinship with all the people that work there from the few minutes he spent with them taking photos. Yeah, he fucking hates them. That's his kinship. But he 
he wants a job. That's all he wants, right? Yeah, that's don't why you he's stealing. Look, when people go crazy, when people go crazy, they don't go crazy for no reason. They want something. Yeah, that's right. No one ever suffers look, just mental illnesses. He clearly doesn't even know how to hold the gun. What's he knows he... how to fire it, though. Yeah, you pull a trigger, boom. Yeah, but there's more to just that. There's, like, recoil. Yeah, and... I've I've fired guns before, I know, but... Yeah, but he dealing with has. It, I have not. Have, having experience to deal with it is one thing. Simply pulling the trigger is, like, emotion. Yeah, but, like, just, oh, you know, like, oh, and he, like, some people forget about safety and... Well, yeah, he's waving it around. That's not... That proves that he doesn't really know how to use the gun. Or maybe but he's simply crazy. Pulling, but simply shooting it, that's something that can happen accidentally. He does do that, actually. Yeah. But he... he uh, see, I agree with you, but also you could argue, like, maybe it's just his... Cra- like, you know, like... um, What's the word I'm trying to say? Not just crazy, but he's um, unruly. Hysterical? You know? Hysterical. He may know how to use the gun, but he's hysterical. That's not uncommon. Maybe. It's not like he's a professional criminal who's like a crime boss or something, like a hitman. Like, you know who I feel would use a gun with cool ease? Lucas. Lucas, yeah. Have you ever have you seen the Mad TV sketch Gump Fiction? No. It's a it's basically a mixture of Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction. And whenever in that skit Forrest Gump uses a gun, he's got that blank expression he always has. So it's going to be kind of a bit like that. My mama told me that if you shoot him twice in the head, they dead. Lucas does not look too much unlike Tom Hanks' Forrest Gump, I guess. Yeah, he, he has a dumb thing. Young, for, young Tom Hanks. What I... Now, viewing it the first time around, I thought it was a rip-roaring comedy, which it is. But viewing it the second and third time around, you get to the emotional deep layers. Like, the humour obviously still prevails. But you get down to the thing, and what I noticed is a smart acting choice is Lucas is very self-contained. He rarely lets any real genuine emotion out, but when he does, it's only a glimmer. It's not like he's crying like, you know, others, and he's still true to his character. Like, at the end of the day, he his character is self-contained. He's bricked up on the inside. It's not like he's not willing to call out for help. He does, but he does it his way, genuine to the character, which is to just let it slip a little. Not make a big deal, but just be like, you know, he's the kind of guy that's just like, he won't ask for your help until he really needs it, and you only say it in one way, which is casually. He'll be like, Bartek, I need your help. And he won't say it like, Bartek, I really need your help. Like, oh, I'm in trouble. He'll be like, Bartek, I need your help. And he'll say it like, like... Like, in a way where you feel pumped to help him, but not, like, too pumped. Is that a fair criticism? No, I, I completely... Just like Bartek. Yes. Because Bartek was, like, throughout the me not being there, he was constantly emailing me through bird mail, because you can't email me uh, where I was in purgatory, through bird mail, and his things would just be like, help me. Right? Specifically with parrots that swear a lot. Yeah, he was like, fucking help me, Ryan. No, 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 I, I I, put messages on parrots that swore a lot and they delivered Ah, it. fuck you! And I'm like, oh, and I shot it and I didn't read the messages. Yeah. But, um, so they finally give a damn. Yeah, remember way, way earlier when I mentioned, hey, what if Judas didn't do what Judas Dunn did? Yeah. What would happen then? Warren just did the thing too. Mm. If he did not do what he just did there, the news would not have come to report on it and they wouldn't have been able to advertise their little fundraiser. Yeah, he's a hero. 
Mm-hmm. Some might think it's staged because he got out of that jail pretty freaking quickly. Well, I think, didn't they justify that, like, they let him off because he's young or something? No, but, like, still, he would be there all night getting all this stuff done, and he would, he would at least spend time for what he did, like, in the county jail. But he's already out, like, an hour later. Mm. Whoa. Yeah, people just ride their kegs on by um, skateboards. <laughs> Do you remember the old skateboard keg period of the 90s? No, but I wish I did. That's what we're talking about. I wish I remembered it more. Oh, these grannies are getting into it, like, with their rollers on. Oh, here he is, the Mi- other hero. Mitchell like, I know he's already been in it, but he's he's a hero. I think he must have been around when we were talking about me being raped, so he weren't paying attention. Yeah, when I think rape, I think Mitchell from this, too. <laughs> he kind of reminds me of Seth Green wearing the business suit in Old Dogs. Yeah, but <laughs> Old Dogs. Uh, Seth Green could have played this character, but he was too busy being um, Seth Green in the nineties, which would have been. Was he even doing anything? Uh, he was a child actor. He was in the movie My Stepmother Is an Alien, which we would do on the show. His girlfriend in that movie is Lily from How I Met Your Mother, and he would go on to play her girlfriend. He should go on to play his girlfriend again in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wasn't there a movie he was in about a guy from California who was like really into extreme sports like surfing and skateboarding who moved to Alaska? I don't know. I know he's in Without a Paddle, the, the, that movie where he has to find this treasure because his friend died or something like that. I, I think blah, blah, blah. in that I think in the movie I was talking about he has like really long hair almost like feminine hair I don't know it, it's got I some need... kind of radical name like hang 10 or hang high or something hang like high that. next know, to <laughs> Shanghai Nights no it's got it's got like airborne or something like that it, it's got a radical kind of name radical oh, we could do it on this show I, I reckon we could do them all I love the Seth Green movie where he has long hair and is younger. We could do every movie. Something about that, guys. Look. Oh, here's his motivation. Oh, yeah. I knew you weren't happy. I knew you weren't happy. Why is he getting motivated? You know, guys, don't feel too afraid to give us a bit of a tinkle on the page. You know, we're always up for more comments, if any. And, um, we Tell are... us off for our rape skit. Yeah, if you're a skit, I thought we were telling the truth. Uh, if you think, Ryan, should you put a trigger warning in the description? Nope. Uh, and, you know, requests movies. Like, I've got, we've got a list. I've got a list. And sure, your movie may not be done next episode, but, you know, we don't know every movie. We can't know every unappreciated masterpiece because they've got to be unappreciated for a reason, which is not everybody knows them or everybody thinks of them. And I might not think of, say, like Mike. Or something or other, or, 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 you know, Flipper. But you might, and if you remind me, I'll be like, oh my god, or I might not know it, and I'll check it out, and we're like, this is perfect. Didn't we mention Flipper in the very first episode? Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it next year, as a one-year anniversary. Episode, well, not episode 52, because we missed some weeks, but, yeah. We missed, like, two, yeah. Christmas break, and I think... We'll do it break. again, but... Yeah, this is a movie in which the question I asked, how did this get made? Now, this movie, do you think they could... Do you think this movie could be made today? This movie made today? I think, like we said earlier, it would be more satirical and it wouldn't be as played straight Mm. as some characters are. I think this movie wouldn't even be made 
To be honest, I don't think so. Because this movie style is dead. To be honest, it's a style... Here's a funny thing. You know how they're bringing back nostalgic properties? Mm-hmm. How come they aren't bringing back nostalgic film styles? Like, for instance, it's not just in this film. This is, I'm being legit here. There's a thing that happened in the 90s where it was direct look to camera. Which was evoking something like, not fourth wall breaking necessarily, but like direct look to camera. They do it in this movie. They're about to do it in a moment where Lucas talks directly to us. It's a fourth wall break. But movies like Forrest Gump or Philadelphia or, you know, all these movies. There's moments in them when they're having a speech or something where they look directly to the camera. And it really evokes something. I kind of miss that. But it is this style of filmmaking in the 90s in which it's like zany. Zany for the point of it. Like, not like, oh, we've got to be zany. It's just like, oh, you know, here we are. This you is feel, it. You feel like this, that's the type of thing the characters would do. Hmm. Like, Lucas would just, like, look at the camera for a second to evoke something and then back. Or maybe maybe Joe, actually. Yeah. And I feel like this movie style may come back one day. Like, but the problem is, we, you know... Styles come and go, in and out. I mean, you could hear me sitting here going, I miss the old 1940s style with the credits at the start, which I kind of do. (laughs) But, you know, I hope one day not only will nostalgic properties like Empire Records be brought back, but nostalgic styles, film choices, editing. Conventions, basically. Conventions be brought back. I think Hollywood, listen to that. Listen to what we just said. Do that. Do that, please. I saw Hail Caesar today, and that film was all about playing with old-style conventions of old Golden Age Hollywood, and it worked. So I'm saying, do that. Do that, because that's what I think falls with uh, remakes or redos or retreads of original things. They have modern style, yeah. They have a different style, and if it's different too much, it's a tricky thing. If it's too different, people don't like it. But if it's too much the same, it's just the same. Yeah, it, not that I didn't dislike, not that I didn't like the movie, but I remember when I first saw Toy Story 3, um, Hand the Pig had a line where he's like, oh, well, I'll look up our prices on eBay. And I was like, oh, that's a joke Current. that doesn't really fit here. And even even the new Star Wars movie had a bit of, like, a humour that... Hip, modern humour. Yeah, like, the part where... What's the... What's the black guy's name again? Finn. Finn. He, he had that part where he's like, this, this, why are, you, why are you doing this face? Why are you doing this face? Just over mm-hmm. and over again. I'm like, that, that's not the kind of humour that, like, Harrison Ford would have done in the no. previous movies or even... But at the same time, you've got to liven it up. You've got to make it different. I mean, you know, people complain that Star Wars is too similar to Star Wars, but pff, they also complain that the prequels weren't similar enough. Where do you win? Here's an example I like to think. It's a controversial one. Now, I don't know. People don't like it, even the creator doesn't like it, but I like season four of the TV show Arrested Development, because the show Arrested Development was cancelled, and then it came back, and it could have easily gone back to the way it was, but I commend a show that can do both. Go back to visit what it used to be, but do something different with it, do a different style, and I think, I think, you know, that's got to be what you do with these kinds of movies where like say if you did bring Empire Records back you gotta make it a mixture a blend because you don't just want it to be a 90s movie in the 2000s I do I will say this though in this teen era what is coming back from the 90s in convention style is action movies John Wick Mm. Olympus Has Fallen 
White House down. Yeah, even Schwarzenegger came back. Schwarzenegger's back. But, like, lots of these action movies are retreading the 90s action movie style in which it was, we don't give a fuck, boom, explosions. Not Michael Bay stuff, but, like, you know what I mean. Like, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, 90s action movies, Bruce Willis, all that. Late 80s, 90s. That's coming back in style, so I'll give it that. That convention's coming back. Hmm. I like that convention. So, Bartek... This is another movie in which it ends with dancing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you well, know, yeah, imagine this. A script writer was just like, oh, how do we end this movie? I don't know. Chuck it in there, dance and kiss. Roll credits. So do you reckon if you were to go to the start of this movie and say, hey, this day is going to end with you all dancing on the roof, really happy. Hugging Anthony LaPaglia. Hugging your father figure. Yes. Yeah. How would you feel about that guy? And they're like, bullshit, man. And the, like, the really bold think- chick will be like, I wouldn't touch her with a stick. <laughs> it wouldn't happen at all. And then this happens. Yeah. But they danced quite a lot throughout the movie, so... They do, and it's like the style of their like, score. six minutes of this movie is them dancing. Ah. Oh, could you imagine this as a Broadway musical? You know how they're making Broadway musicals out of the weirdest properties at the moment? Like, they're like, oh, let's make a Broadway musical out of this. And it's like, okay, I didn't know that was going to be a musical, but all right. And they're doing okay. Like, they did, you know, they're doing Young Frankenstein, the musical. It's like, why? Mm. All right, then, you know, whatever. Do this. Do this. 1959 is the year my dad was born. So here's a question. His grandfather owned it as a plumbing store. And he said, my beatnik father... We're talking about Joe, right? No, no, no. no, The Mitchell. Mitchell. Oh, right, yes. He said, my beatnik father turned it into a record store. So it was a record store in 1959. How old is Mitchell? Because he looked like he was about, what, like 30? So he would have been like... Born in the 60s? 60s. But he says he, like, remembers it. Like, what I got the impression was he remembered it when it was a plumbing store. But how would he? This has been around since 1959. So does that mean, like, he's 40? Mm. Or, like, 35? Must be doing really well for yeah. the 40s. Yeah. And I just wonder, how long was the grandfather in it? Not very long, I don't think. Because, like, was it, like, the grandfather died and then he turned it into the beat? Like, you know when you say, like, he, he when he got it, I assume, like, he retired or died, but it's just, like, I don't think so, because it just doesn't add up the ages. Like, I assume, like, let's just say the age of the grandfather, of an old person is 80. Let's just put that for a male. I just don't think it adds up. <laughs> like, where's the dad? He's dad Mitchell owning, so why doesn't he still own it? You know, if they made a spin-off, we could really explore his family history, because this movie, as much as it is an ensemble piece, he's very minor. Yeah. As I mentioned early on, I have good music taste and I don't like this conversation they have because I like a lot of the bands that they're shitting on like I like Primus Primus is great Pri- yeah Primus is pretty cool I mean cool. you love South Park yeah they do the songs in South Park mm-hmm. I love Henry Rollins I like Henry Rollins solo work more than Black Flag as does Henry Rollins so I get kind of annoyed I was like oh these guys are losers they're like not yeah I don't really care for the Pixies but yeah I like their stuff but I wouldn't compare them and Primus to each other at all. Like, I'm sitting here going, it's like me going, yeah, Mozart, he fucking shits all over Rihanna. (laughs) I mean, no. (laughs) Like, no. It doesn't compare. But, you know, that's that's what... Look, no, dude, Skrillex totally beats Beethoven. 
Yeah, fuck Beethoven. <laughs> I mean, that's in an epic rap battle, I think. Is it? Beethoven versus Skrillex. <laughs> oh, shit. Or Mozart. All right, so we've finally come to the end. Now, a little post-credit thing of stoners talking about stoner things. See, the honeymoon is over. Mm. Brilliant. Hey, cool Joe. I love that band. Check them out. Okay, so it's time for our reviews. Mm-hmm. Guest, what did you think? What's that, Guest? Couldn't hear you over your blatant rescheduling lies. <laughs> Damn you, Anthony LaPaglia. Why? I guess you could say they opened some doors to hell. All right. And they're open till midnight. No, but don't matter. So, Bartek, why don't you give me your review of it and your rating? This movie is definitely one of the more unique ones that we've done on this show. Mm. Because it really does... Like, okay, the, all the synopsises and summaries talk about, you know, they're, they're trying to save the store, but... You know, it's pretty blatant that this movie is an ensemble character piece that focuses on their relationships with each other. Mm. A friendship film, as you said earlier. A friendship. And, yeah, and it's not like a friendship between two people. Like, we've seen in many fantastic movies like Kangaroo Jack, Old Dogs, and (laughs) the like of that sort. But this is like Wild Hogs. Yeah, this is like Wild Hogs on a bigger level. Bigger is better. Yes, because that one... Yes, bigger is better, but in that one they focused it a lot more into four people, so it's not as hard to follow. Whereas in this movie, there are a lot of names that you got to follow, so you know you got to keep your notes down. You got to be a thinker, and ooh, bright screen. Um, and I felt like their relationships—they were all very unique people, and they're very much characters that you don't really see that much these days. Like, yeah, you see, to talk about Lucas, you see weirdos the. Basket cases, cloud, cuckoo landers, whatever you want to call them. Mm. But they're all... To jump back to what you said about turning to the camera, I feel like they'd be more like, oh, he said a weird thing again, or he'd like wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of attitude, which is more parody-esque. And it's really nice to just see a movie that, as as bizarre as it is, just play it all very straight. Yeah. I really like that about this movie. And Anthony LaPaglia did a great American accent, mm. and he was very much, I guess you'd call the sane man of the movie. He's so, straight, straight man. He, yeah, straight man. The only sane person in the movie. Yeah. Um, Rex Manning, uh, <laughs> he was a little bit sane, but also a bit e- egotistical, I guess, mm. so he wouldn't really compare him that much. But yes, this movie, character piece, and it does focus on friendship, but also you can see the record store, uh, Empire Records, as a bit of a family. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you agree with the same inflection and the same word all the time. No. (laughs) Oh, shit! So, that is the stuff that I like about it, and that is what I base my review on, and the rating that I give this movie is a... (laughs) out of 10 brilliant while you talk there I had a dawning realisation and this is going to be a part of my this is my review Mm -hmm. I had a realisation we were talking about the conventions before this movie is every modern current TV show this movie reminds me of Community Parks and Rec The Office this movie this 
I was wrong about the conventions. What happens is these conventions have been moved from cinema to TV. Think, this is a bottle movie in which it all takes place in one day, in the one location primarily. All these characters interact with one another, have zany antics, are all archetypes. This could easily be an episode of Community, or of The Office, or of this, 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 and this. This trope, these conventions, have moved from cinema to TV. I should have seen it all along. Were those specifically sitcoms you were listening there? Yeah. Sitcoms? Yeah, specifically sitcoms. And what I was going to say was, I love this movie. I love the fact that it is a simple movie for simple people like us to enjoy. It doesn't berate us with too much, and it doesn't give us too much. It doesn't let us... It just lets us take what we can get. And the characters are simple, yes. They are archetypes, they are stereotypical, they are cookie-cutter at best. But they are good. There's a reason why cliches work. There's a reason why these things work. It's because they are effective. They hit the right chords. And this movie hit the right chords chords. This movie is so good that I thought it was even better on another level when I first viewed it. And when I found out that it wasn't that, it was even better on another level. This movie, this movie, this movie, that's just this movie. You should check it out. The music is superb. The cast is very, very solid. The minor players played as strongly as the main players. There's not a weak... To be honest, there's not a weak link in this chain. There's not a character that I hated. There's not a character that I thought, oh, that could have been... They could have been better. There's not one that annoyed me. There's not one that... To be honest, there's not one that I liked the most. It's... And I mean that in a positive way. All the characters were so good that there was no real favourite character for me. I said that Rex Manning's my favourite, but I think he's my favourite because he was an outsider. Because we're looking in, and you can relate to Rex Manning, because he is an outsider. I relate to the outsiders in this movie, as well as the insiders, and I think that this movie manages to have multiple characters and multiple storylines going on at the same time. This film is right up there with movies that do that, like, like any Christopher Nolan. It's like Requiem for a Dream. That's what this movie is like. I give this movie... oh. There's so many things I could rate it. I could rate it a lot. But I'm going to give this movie... I don't, I'm going to give this movie something that is simple. I'm not going to give you a rating, because I don't have to explain my ratings to you. Mm-hmm. So... Out of five. <laughs> out of five. <laughs> so, other people, though... This is the best part. Other people had other thoughts on the movie, Bartek. Other people did give ratings. These are from IMDb's user reviews and oh boy am I excited I'm just moving the mic so I can get this going perfect well not quite perfect from this is a 10 star review so they thought it wasn't perfect but they gave it a perfect review not perfect but a perfect score Uh, 2001 this is from for me Empire Records is a very conflicting movie on the one hand it's hysterically funny on the other it attempts to make great revelations about America's youth somehow though it all works sure there are some sappy predictable parts that you're not you're not sure whether to laugh or cry at but the timing of these scenes is fantastic 
One thing that really struck me about the film is the amazing use of music. Certain songs can be heard repeatedly throughout the movie, which really helps to distinguish the parallel storylines. All in all, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. This one is from 2004, another 10-star review, in which this title is one of my modern favorites. Wait, the favorite. Oh, dear. What I love is it's like my one of my modern favorites, but it's like 10 years after it came out. Yeah, you said 2004. That's literally nine years. Nine years. Okay, this movie is awesome. The best thing is the music. Excellent. It's the greatest collection of songs put into a movie. Even better than Pulp Fiction. There should be a Best Compilation Oscar given to music supervisors. That's hard, but in the... In, but I love this. That's hard, but in this kick-ass movie, it seems so effortless. The acting is also top-notch. Renee Zellweger, Liv Tyler, Anthony LaPaglia, Rob... Robin Turney, John, Johnny Whitworth, Max Caulfield, Debbie Mosner, and Robbie Cotrain... Cotron, I'm, I'm not going to pronounce his last name. It's really hard. One of the coolest people alive. Yeah, I don't know how to say his last name, but he's one of the coolest people alive. The script is really good. Directing, also good. Everything was pretty... I love this. I don't know if this is a hip term back in the day, but here it is. Everything was pretty invisible. And I absolutely mean that in a positive way. Just like in the old days when it was invisible, they put you in the movie. I felt like I was with these characters in the whole way. The new Remix Special Fan Edition is probably better. I can't decide. They're both superb. So, by invisible, does he mean subtle and clever? I guess. Subtle and well-written. I okay. Yeah. Next one. A rock and roll... A rock and roll good time of teen movies. Great choice of title. Uh, this is a... One, so they are Eight star review, and this is from 2005. So like, wow, decade, eleven years ago from here. Yep, more okay. times passed since this review and us than the movie and yeah. this review. I remember watching some of this when I was eleven years old. A year after it came out, a friend of mine was just in love with this movie, but I didn't really watch much of it. I just couldn't relate or get or didn't get it. When I made my wonderful journey to Blockbuster Video, I noticed it again and was just curious to see it. Renee Zellweger, Renee Zellweger, Liv Tyler, and Robin Turney? Hmm, wow. <laughs> I'm glad I watched this movie because I can relate to it more now. My work, lucky enough, is a lot like this movie. We're all close friends and have fun. But I'd like to work at Empire Records. They can actually dance in the store. Smiley face showing teeth. Like the little emoji. Oh, like, the ah, yeah. The acting was fun and enjoyable. The story is a hoot. I would recommend Empire Records for a watch. Just have fun with it. This was the time where there were some actual good teen movies. You also get early glimpses of Renee and Liv. They actually look good in this movie. <laughs> Another smiley face with teeth. No offense to them. They just look weird now. That's <laughs> eight, eight stars. That's the end of their review. I love that. That's the end of their review. Like, they just look weird now. Okay. On Unappreciated Masterpieces, we do these, and I've been striving to get more 
reviews of the opposite as well as the positive. So negatives, because on a masterpiece, especially unappreciated, there's got to be conflict and debate. There's got to be the negative. This is destroy every copy of this film. One star from 2007. If you're looking for plot, serviceable acting, continuity, and general viewing satisfaction, you'd be better off renting a copy of the Garbage Pill Kids movie. <laughs> Man, that's like two weeks in a row you mentioned that. Poor movie. Anthony LaPaglia. He's a fine actor and does not deserve to have any affiliation to this crap. The only explanation is that he... The only explanation to why he agreed to do this, to start in this film, was to pay off drug and or gambling debts, I imagine. Either that or the producers have some seriously compromising pictures of him. Everybody involved in the making of Empire Records should spend the rest of their careers writing apology letters to every sucker, in brackets, of which I am one, who had the misfortune of viewing such an amateurish tripe, of such amateurish tripe. To anyone who actually enjoyed this film, I pity you. Seriously. That, that was so good. Bartek put his sunglasses on and we're recording this at night. Yeah. <laughs> that one was harsh. But let's go a bit more upbeat. Something for everyone. 2000. Yeah. This is a 10 star. Well, first of all, Empire Records reminded me of Seinfeld. <laughs> we mentioned that. In the way that it's... Plot lines are very deep and interrelated. Every character interacts with the others at one point in the movie. In the end, every single, every single loosens, uh, loose, every single loose end is tied up, and the audience is left feeling satisfied. Another main attraction to this movie is the music. There are tons of songs in the movie. Each one is well placed and important. The music practically pulls the story along at times. Overall, the movie was well edited, well scored, and well acted. Everything was great, and everyone will love it. Ten stars. Clearly not, because someone gave it one star. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Okay, this is a longer one, but I love ones with backstories. Oh, this is a I'll ten star. This is a one. ten star review. Made in 2007. So this is one more recent. How this became my favorite movie ever. Mm. Way back in 1997, at the young age of 17, I wandered into my local Hollywood video store with the family, looking for a comedy to get me through the night. At the time, I had been trying to get a job at one of the music shops in the mall. For the record, I never got one there. So when I stumbled upon this movie I had never heard of, I thought it might be worth the $1.99 I had paid for it. So I take it home and it became a favourite, but not my favourite. Fast forward to a year later and I decide to move from Virginia to Alabama with to be with my girlfriend who I met online. <laughs> <laughs> this was in 1998. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That, that, that weekend after... <laughs> sorry, this is so much backstory. That weekend after moving my stuff into her apartment, all we wanted to do was cuddle, as we haven't seen each other in months. We decided to watch a couple of movies. I started digging in my movies and she started digging in hers. We turned to each other and lo and behold, we were both holding our copies of Empire Records. Wow. Uh, it was pretty hilarious at the time and the taste in movies sealed the deal on our relationship. We've been together nine years next month, 
and have four and have a four-year-old daughter together. But the love for Empire doesn't end there. Oh, thank God, I was worried. Yeah. After moving to Alabama, I got a job at a movie theater. One of my co-workers there also held a second job at a movie rental store. He is the master of movie knowledge, and he became one of my best friends. One day, I started telling him about this movie. He had never even heard of it. This was in 2001, mind you. He said he wanted to see it, so I brought it over and we watched it. He instantly named it his favorite movie of all time. From that point forward, we couldn't work together a day without cracking jokes by referencing lines from this movie. Every day at that place was Rex Manning Day. That was really cute. That was a good one. And the backstory all kind of tied into the movie. Yeah, it did. Do you reckon they named their daughter Lucas? I hope. Uh, I think that was actually the most... Since Bend It Like Beckham, that was the most eloquently written review we've done. Okay, this is an alternative to that, though. This is worst alternative flick ever. It's spelled with multiple A's. (laughs) That's icy. Well, that is with a lot of A's. And it's one star from 2006. This is what they had to say. This was appalling. Seriously, who wrote and directed this sham of a film? Sixth form students? On, ketamine, on a ketamine come down, it hangs together like a shoddy patchwork quilt. The characters are utterly one-dimensional and unbelievable. It is, it is impossible to care for any of them for even one second. I wanted to pulverize Lucas's smug face until it was just a pat of... until it was just paste in a skull-shaped bowl. <laughs> <laughs> It just makes me sick thinking back about it to review it. Gua were, were on screen on screen for a couple of seconds, which is good, but even they are tarnished by this cinematic turd. Whichever cynical film company put together this mockery of an alternative teen life should feel ashamed and should probably be taken outside and shot. One star. Damn. Now, this is the last review. Okay. And I picked the last review because I'm not always right with this, but there's some reviews that I think Bardsec will personally enjoy. And I also just like them, so I put them at the end. Okay. From 2016, 26th oh. of January. Damn, that's around the time I saw the movie. <laughs> Eight stars. I love this as... I love this as it's from my time, it's called. <clears throat> It's about <laughs> laughing already because you're smiling like you can't even read it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the nineties. Romania just got away from the communist suppression. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess they were a bit late on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's the nineties. Romania just got away from the communist suppression. The advantage is that good music and movies are coming in more easily, and that is important. Is this guy from Romania? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. I might be biased by all this, but this... I love this. But this I such... <laughs> but this I such a nice movie. <laughs> Even with all the cheesy lines and happenings... Now, that's something you say... With even with all the cheesy lines and happenings, I like the characters so different and quirky and the plot so easy to digest, yet not simple. Of course this is not a masterpiece, and yet it is enjoyable and funny, and even the fact that it's portraying some small piece of an era so well is amazing. 
I've watched this movie in 2013 and yet I could relate and understand it was a good teen movie meant to entertain and make you feel like those simpler times were to were the place to be like you wanted to go back to that somehow please don't dismiss this it is a piece of history well put well written well played enjoy smiley face I thought you would like that because it's like instantly like Romania just <laughs> okay that was good that was good well guys I'm back in black and du- black and darker than ever given what we talked about in this episode yeah pretty dark this movie's dark and we did it at night literally. and the dog theme ended before I came back I'm sorry guys that I wasn't there Ryan was so excited about the dog thon dog month. Thing. Oh yeah, I was. Like, I was genu- I'm genuinely heartbroken. I, I wasn't there. I came up with it like half as a joke, and he like latched onto it and was like, and "All was right, like, let's do it." Old dogs. I was so keen for old dogs. Like, trust me, guys. I'm still heartbroken about not doing old dogs. At least out of all of them. You didn't but, get to read the review of old dogs with a guy. I was like doing a stand-up comedy routine. <laughs> no, but I'm back now, and I'm glad. And. I'm back, and things are returning as they were. I know, if you miss the old days of me not being here, tough. And you can listen to those three episodes again and again and again, and uh, tell us how you feel about them. But I'm back, Bartek's back, Spin and Polish is back. I like how you called it Luke and Polish, uh, referencing the idea that I'm spit, even though neither of us is spit. We just uh, bo- We both happen to be spitting and we're both Polish. Yeah, but but Spit and Luke have four letters, so it kind of fit. It's one syllable. Luke and Polish. But, yes, that is that. I guess we finally did it. We finally conquered this movie. Anything you want to say before signing off? Um, no, not particularly. I had a good time. Yeah, well, as did I. You guys, you know what to do. Spread the words, share the content around if you feel. And if you haven't, like the Facebook page because we've got some wicked content happening there at the moment. I just did a couple of videos for our Shaggy Dog episode that's related to that. If you haven't checked out the Shaggy Dog, check it out as well. But yeah, we're also, on, of course, on iTunes, so subscribe to that. And Podbean, you yeah, follow there too. Yeah, we've got all this stuff happening there, so... Feel free to follow us and talk to us even. You know, give us recommendations or give us some feedback if you feel free. But until then, you have been great, fantastic, wonderful, amazing listening people. And it is so great to be back in front of this microphone with my good friend Bartek to speak to you, the audience. Until next time, uh, be kind to each other. And maybe we'll have a guest on. Perhaps.